0: hi hello hello <laughs> how are you i am wonderful thank you how about yourself i'm well good. i am well <laughs>
1: good all right think i'm just gonna wait till exactly three <laughs>
0: okay. i listened to some rage against the machine to press that's so funny i was
1: thinking about you too and i was like i was gonna wear my Sage against the machine shirt but i think i wore it last week
0: that's funny yeah i was i was
1: playing lady gaga
0: you know who i've been really into lately yeah. queen herbie <laughs> I, gotta look that, I gotta look she's that the up one now. that's like abracadabra and the the reel that was like but in 2022 come with the bad bitch magic that's her. All right.
1: All right, I'm looking it up. I'll send, I you, oh, send you What? Oh no! What happened?
0: Um, Instagram did not like my singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh I was and the next thing I know it was like you're not Just here and I'm like what do you mean booted out <laughs> yeah well FU2 Instagram FU2 alright it's 3 o'clock
1: <laughs> okay now in Skinner Coach Lauren Nikaso. I am thankful you all are well. My name is Coach Lauren. Welcome to Embracing Identity While BIPOC, where we talk about ways that Black, Indigenous, people of color experience identity and ways to acknowledge and accept so that we can fully embrace who we are. I am located in, here in Onondawatka territory uh, in Rochester, New York which is Seneca territory, uh, which is my ancestral territory. Um, that was a lot of territory.
0: <laughs> Today,
1: I am heckin' stoked to have Jana Renee here as my guest. I invited Jana into the space with me because she has knowledge to share. And she's a dope ass coach. And in my culture, we teach by telling stories. Um, so scan out, Jana. Hello.
0: Thank
1: you. Thank you. You are, I don't know. You look frozen.
0: (laughs) Is it working? Am I, am I here? No,
1: I can hear you. Can people, can people hear
0: Jana? On mine, I'm not frozen. Okay. Maybe it's mine. I don't know. Let, yeah. Let us (laughs) know in the comments if I'm frozen. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um yes. the I'm on is Okineechee territory. I'm located in North Carolina and so um a lot of North Carolina, like what people usually know about that is like the Appalachian Mountains, Cherokee, um, which isn't close to me, but that's like primarily what I think is known for North Carolina. But uh I'm grateful to be here today and to have this conversation with you. Yeah. And so
1: um why don't we start with like, you know, you can tell us your story, share with us like who you are, um, what do you do,
0: okay, uh, why are you here? <laughs> okay, so my name is John Renee. I, um, what I do, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and so I found functional fitness, which is a way that Lauren and I have bonded, and mm-hmm. it was something that changed the way that I saw my own body in the sense that I was never told like you should look like this or you should, you know, act a certain way, but I'm from the rural South. And so I grew up with some of these like social rules that were unspoken and this conditioning where it was like, you know, women are supposed to like be small and like, you know, seen and not heard kind of thing. And when I experienced functional fitness for the first time, it was in South Florida. and it completely just changed my concept of what was possible and what I wanted to be possible because for so long I had been in a space where I was trying to try to make my body look a certain way whether that be from starving myself from binging and purging from um trying to eat like as little calories like as possible I remember in college I would try to eat 500 calories like that a day like how did I graduate (laughs) Your brain needs like 800 to function, like basics. And so um, when I found functional fitness, it was this space where women were taking up space, where they were being loud and it wasn't just accepted, but it was celebrated. Like, look at how much weight she can do. Because if you would have told me, hey, if you put your body weight over your head, you'll feel like a fucking boss. I would have been like, no, why? Like, why would I ever want to do that? And so it wasn't something I had ever even considered. I never played sports, but all that is to say that that totally transformed my concept of, you know, how I treated my body, my relationship with my body, because I had, like I said, so long tried to make it look a certain way. And whenever I found functional fitness, it became more of a curiosity around like, what was it capable of? Like how much faster could I go? And that was something that was really powerful for me because it transcended Mm -hmm. not just in the functional fitness, like athletics, like how can I move my body space, but also like, what could I do with life? And so I actually became a functional fitness coach and I did that full time for several years, um, like seven. And then I realized, whoa, you're working your ass off and there's not like an end goal here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's time to like dream a little bit bigger because On top of that, there's only so much that I could do within four walls and 60 minutes and a class of like 20, 30 people with a, like, and also the realization that some people will never even step through the doors of a fitness facility because it's fucking scary and it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to have a broader impact, which brought me back to North Carolina so that I could get out of that hamster wheel and just take a moment. And I was looking into psychology and going back to school for that. And it was during that time that I was following John Kim, the angry therapist, and they had just launched their coaching program journey, I do believe. And so I got on a call with the co-founder, Noelle Cordeaux, and she explained to me, you know, kind of what it was about. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. Maybe this will give me an idea of which route to take in terms of psychology. And so by the time I got in there and through with that, um, I was like, I, I would rather do this. Like I would rather be myself and not have to worry about the restrictions and things that come with like the clinical like, licensure. And so mm-hmm. that has brought me to be here with you today. Now I am having conversations like this, raising awareness and talking about the evidence based techniques and scientifically researched things mm-hmm. that go into what happens with brain science. And not just the concept of like well think positive thoughts and it's all these good <laughs> vibes. Because yes, but like there's a whole whole different side of that coin that I'm yeah. not telling you about. And that's like how your brain actually works. And so that is what I work with my clients and that is what I am here to like share and also to have this conversation about body image because that was really the catalyst for all of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's so it's funny
0: because when you
1: say like you know like the super like toxic positivity stuff like that shit pisses me off <laughs> people are like you just have to like be happy like yeah. positive vibes and it's like no there's so much there's so much more to it than just that yeah. visible
0: there's so <laughs> much more yeah and the fact <laughs> that like they present it in this way that it's like this pretty little package and granted we have some you know people now in the industry that are talking about how it is a very real thing. It is very much like an mm-hmm. ebb and a flow and like it is messy. And yeah. at the time, I think that the missing gap there is the explanation as to like, well, why? Like there are neural pathways in your brain that create habits. And so it's not mm-hmm. that you, you know, can't create a new one. It's that this is the way that your brain works. And so by you continuing to do the habit that you've always done, that's actually your brain just doing its job. And so that's mm-hmm. nothing to feel ashamed about it just is what it is. And I think that was something that was really um, concerning for me for a long time in terms of like body image, because I thought that, you know, fewer calories in like the thinner I would get.
1: <laughs> well, that's the messaging, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that just like, it, that, like, you know, cause well, you said, you know, like we really connected over, you know, functional fitness yeah. and, you know, part, a big part of that is nutrition. Um, you know, they preach about nutrition and, you know, like it's, you know, 80% what you eat, 20% what you do. And, you know, like thinking about it now, like I eat five meals a day and, you know, they're like, but, you know, I follow a nutrition template, but like I've had, you know, times in my life too, um, you know, cause I've felt like. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I feel like a big Indian. (laughs) And, you know, so I'm, you know, like you talked about, you know, like how we're supposed to have small bodies. And so like, I've gone through my own um, stuff with like, you know, wanting to have a smaller body. Um, So, you know, like, that's why I wanted to um, bring this discussion.
0: Yeah. I think that that's something that like you you mentioned in terms of like our society that tells us like Mm -hmm. smaller is better. Like here's Mm -hmm. the ideal standard, so to speak of what to look like. And there's been a lot of talk lately and there's been like a lot more um, in terms of getting people to see like, well, that's not the norm. Like that's Mm -hmm. not realistic. Like that's, that's very much like what they want you to see. And Mm -hmm. like, It's frustrating because like, thankfully the internet, blessing and a curse. And so we now have access to know, well, like actually the average size is not a two. And Mm -hmm. so we are now able to like see all these other things. But again, so let's talk about like the science part of it, just because we know that doesn't make it better all of a sudden, right? We've years of conditioning and priming Mm -hmm. that are telling us that like, you know no like small is what you're supposed to be so just because like in the past few years people are like well actually that's not the norm like here are the stats and we see that and we rationalize it like oh well yeah like that makes of course like cool like well i feel better but then you know you say that now and then tomorrow comes and you're like well fuck, actually i don't feel better and people start to i think feel guilty about themselves and you know well why am i feeling down about myself like i know better when in reality it's because like you have just had that thought as of yesterday, compared Mm -hmm. to the years that you have, you know, told yourself otherwise. And if we talk about the affirmations and, you know, just think positive to take it to that route, whenever we tell ourselves things like, well, I love my body and you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's great. Your mind is smarter than that. Your mind is sitting there going, bitch, no, you don't. Like (laughs) I remember last week, when you are patronizing yourself over having like too many Oreos like no you don't and so it's internal struggle where like society is now saying like actually you know all bodies are good like body positivity which great we love that and again like Mm -hmm. it's something where whenever we see that the missing link is in talking about how well like yes this is true and at the same time it's also true that you've been telling yourself the opposite for years. And so let's bridge that Mm -hmm. gap with letting you know that like, Hey, it's okay to let this be like a slow progression because it's going to be, you can't just flip Mm -hmm. a switch. And now that you know this, like, boom, it's done. It's something where you have to integrate that into your daily life and your awareness. And it's not something that is just as simple as saying like, well, now that I know it, like check.
1: Right. Right. Oh my God. So like, Yeah, forming brand new, like neural pathways is a process. And like, you know, I posted about how it's, it's, it's actual work. (laughs) You know, so like you're saying, like, it doesn't, it's not like a switch that happens.
0: Right. Right. And that's something that because so we're able to tell you that, but then okay, it's like, well, how do I do it? Like, it's still kind of this mystic thing. And Mm -hmm. there have been studies that have shown that people can create you know like what's what's the time because the thing used to be like oh well it takes you three weeks to or 21 days to create mm-hmm. a habit and then it was well no actually that's just to like forget the old one which means like to to stop going down that one neural pathway and to start like forging a new one in the forest and then it's like it's actually like 90 days to fully integrate <laughs> and so there's all this like what the fuck is it and yeah. I think that the key is instead of trying to figure out like mark on your calendar how long it's going to take, it's to just start taking action and mm-hmm. take the simplest action that you can maintain over the rest of like moving forward until you decide to do something else. Because yeah, that's how you're going to actually create the newness. And it's not so much that you're creating a newness; it's that it's a process of becoming. It's a process mm-hmm. of becoming this different kind of person of having these neural pathways. And like you said, like making them in your brain, just because you know, it doesn't mean that it's there. (laughs) Like it started, but another way I like to explain it is if you think about like a trail in the woods, if you've Mm -hmm. been taking the same trail, like, you know, 20 years and then all of a sudden someone tells you, Hey, like this pathway is better. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll do that. There's going to be like branches. Like you're going to get like cut, like, Mm -hmm it's not going to be this trail that you've been walking for 20 years. It's, you know, like you can see the tunnel through like the vines. It's going to very much be a situation where you're going to get scraped. You're going to have to like, well, is this the right way to go? Like maybe you get lost and turn around. And So that's like what it's like whenever you're building these neural pathways. And so, yeah, I love that you pointed out that yeah. it's not just like, okay, I know like it's done. It's very much work. <laughs> it is. It is. And like,
1: I, I remember, um, Noelle uh, showed us that video about the narrow pathway actually like grow like forming and like that got me so excited and then it just like and then it just like clicked for me you know like how like when we ch- make changes um I know when I do something new and expose myself to some like a new experience um I'm fu- I get fucking tired afterwards
0: <laughs> I take a nap <laughs> yes yeah Yes. And I think that too is something that people also get down about themselves because we live in a fucking society that like glorifies the busyness and the productivity. And just because you are outputting a lot doesn't mean that it's actually meaningful. Mm -hmm. Like let that sink in to anyone that's listening. Just because you're busy doesn't mean that it is actually like impactful or meaningful. It could just mean that you're like filing TPS reports all day and like who even knows what that means. And so, (laughs) yeah, like, the point about you being tired i think is such an important one because again like we try these things and we're like oh that was exhausting mm-hmm. and it's something where we feel shameful about admitting that like this new thing oh, yeah happened. and also that discomfort is something like we live in the lap of luxury like mm-hmm. ac like oh actually i'm a little cold well boom let me turn on some heat like it's so inconvenient yeah and so if like we're, we're primed for convenience we're used to that that's what we've adapted to so anytime there's any kind of discomfort this is one of the reasons why i love functional fitness is because like it's hot it's uncomfortable like, yeah i, I started it doing it in south florida south florida in the summer <laughs> oh wait. yeah our
1: box like didn't have air conditioning the, yeah. the one that i was going to and yeah, it's when like in the summer
0: it. middle of summer you're sweating your ass off and it doesn't yeah. even fucking matter and Coach that I, and that primes you that primes yeah. you right because Mm -hmm. we're so used to the comfort. And I think that that's part of it. I think that that's part of also why people who do exert like a certain level of, you know, physical, whatever, like prowess or physical, like, you know, who do these like intensive like workouts, I think that they are more apt to being uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. so therefore they're also, more apt to be uncomfortable in other situations, whether that be emotional, whether that be pushing their limits at work, yeah. whether that be setting their boundaries. And so that's one of those concepts of, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And mm-hmm. like, granted, how you, you know, brush your teeth is probably not how you like, you know, make love to your partner, but in the sense that, you know, you are still going to put effort into these things. And I think in that sense, it's worth noting that, um, Yeah, it's very much like, you have to prime yourself. And that's not something that is going to just be done. It's not Mm -hmm. something that you can say, well, oh, like Lauren and Jana, they like functional fitness, let me go try that. Like, that might not work for you. What might work for you is running triathlons or half marathons or Mm -hmm. running down the block. Like I fucking hate running. But (laughs) (laughs) if that's what works for you, and people do it. And so yeah, I'm one of those people. Do you you're a runner? <laughs> yeah. I more power to you, Jesus. Like I've tried, I've done that thing where I'm like, pretend like someone's chasing you, and I'm like, no. First of all, no, you I don't like that. To ball. Do it. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> I'll just hit him. I'll just let him <laughs> catch me. I'll just hit him. Like I cannot. So, um. But anyway, that's to say, like being tired after you try something new is because that's your brain working. Your brain uses mm-hmm. a lot of calories. And even though it's mm-hmm. only three pounds, your brain uses about 20% of your calories. And so when you think of it in that context, it's like, oh, well, I should probably not feed it these things mm-hmm. like, you know, to take it to the nutritional aspect, I should probably feed it something better than like Twinkies or, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever people feed it. But With the (laughs) the notion of like being tired, like your brain is working. And so whenever you're trying to learn these new things, that is like the learning process. Learning process requires that you fuel your body properly with nutrition, like gas in a car, you know, Mm -hmm. and then also that you give it time to rest. Like you can't drive your car around all day, like you need to park it at some point. And Mm -hmm. so in that sense, it's very much like how your brain works and how your body operates in terms of like serving it so that it can serve you. Yes.
1: Yes. I love that. And like, yeah, I had, I like myself, I had to learn how to think that way. And actually it it was through functional fitness that, you know, I started to think that way. And, you know, I've worked with clients who have PTSD Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's a whole other thing, but there's this like, there's There's this thing thing where, you know, like, people who have PTSD, like, won't, will forget to eat, and so that's kind of, like, my first thing is, like, you know, your first line of defense is, like, you need nutrition, and, you know, like, if you want to heal your brain, you need to, you know, feed it some good carbs. Yeah. You know, and, like, and I think that's hard, too, because, like, you know, our society is, like, against carbs, it's against fats, and, like, Dude, we need like <laughs> we actually need carbs and fats. Yeah. To to grow and do things, it's not just about protein.
0: Right. Yeah, that's an important mention, and to also, yeah. I think sleep is something that people yes. underestimate totally because sleep. Like, I mean, Google the importance of sleep for anyone mm-hmm. that's like sleep again like talking about like the productivity like our society it's kind of almost a badge of honor well like i only got four hours last night and like look at me and it's like that's not good that's not good like that means that your your body is stressed that means that your brain didn't get a chance to do it's like restart processes and yeah. so if think about it like your your brain is like a big computer and whenever you don't give it time to rest like what they found now is that like whenever you're in like your sleep cycle it actually clears the plaque away that is like built up from the day. And that's why your dreams are so weird is because you don't have the time to like think about what all this means as you're moving through your day. So your brain just kind of throws it in there. And then at night, like it does, it's, it's recycling processes. And so yeah. that's definitely something that also plays into your overall health and, you know, fat levels in terms of like our bodies like holding on and like storing fat, which also was some shit that I wish someone would have told me. Because yeah. I thought, like I said, the fewer calories I eat, the better. Like, I wore that as a matter yeah. from, like, 500. Like, what the fuck? So yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Rihanna song started playing, like, you look so dumb right now. Like, <laughs> how did I think that was over? Like, why did no one tell me? But um, in terms of, yeah, like, being in the space where you are, like, starving yourself and you're in this position where you're trying to do these things to make your body look a certain way, Like, that's Mm -hmm. not good because if you're starving yourself, your body's going to hold on to what food that you do give it. And so Mm -hmm. it's therefore going to store it. And people wonder why they can't lose weight. And it's like, well, you're not treating your body like very nicely. Like you want to, you know, maintain it throughout the day. Like give it a little love. Like you don't just want to like, oh, I don't really have time for you here. Like Eat this, you know, have some coffee. Yeah, have some coffee,
1: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, have
0: some coffee, like, it'll be fine.
1: Let's drink coffee. <laughs> Let's yeah. <get> through
0: this. <laughs> yeah, it's not, like, we don't take the kind of care of our bodies that I think is necessary in order to operate at a level that so many of us aspire to. And so what I mean by that is, just like we were saying in terms of it's like, oh, crap, right, right I've got to feed you now. Like, we see it as more of a burden than we actually mm-hmm. do, like, a privilege or an honor like, one of the things that always used to um, be cool to me about how we evolved to eat is that it was a whole process. Like, whenever you cook your food, you're priming, kind of like Pavlov's dogs. Like, you're priming, like, your your body's getting ready because it knows, like, hey, we're about to eat. That doesn't happen whenever you're sitting there at a restaurant. Like, it's not the same. Or whenever you pick up fast food, it's not the same. And there's, like, a whole, like, Process like that's how we would have like community meals and we would bond like with our you know neighbors Mm -hmm. and we've gotten we're so far removed from that it's crazy and I think that that also plays into how we see our bodies because we don't see food as this experience so much as something that oh fuck like I've got to do it like oh well it's good or bad like I can't eat this eat that And I think that that's really done us all a disservice in terms of how we see our bodies and how we feel about not just our appearance, but how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I love
1: that you brought up that like, you know, like food actually like forms community, Um, you know, because I've done work um, in my community with, um, you know, our ancestral foods and, you know, I was working with the Iroquois White Corn Project. And I think, you know, and and I'm still involved. Um, My son actually, you know, like took over. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's something like, we still go out and we talk about it. Um, And, you know, we have like, you know, we have ceremonies that like honor food and you know we in the um at harvest time for the corn, you know we have like you know parties where it'll be harvested, and then we get together, and then we um we have a husking bee, which is where we take the corn and we braid we braid them into these long you know these tall braids and they have to be hung up so that they can dry um and that's how we store our corn and um in that experience you know like when you're when you're braiding corn you're sitting next to someone and you know like you have a conversation and and you know we 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 share stories with each other and we learn about each other and you know so we talk about like being involved in the process of food and you know and i've talked to people about how you know we are missing that and so like you know, I would call those like food ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we're connecting to our food source. Um, We're connecting to each other. Um, You know, we're having what we call like the good mind. Um, and, And then, you know, like the corn dries and then when it's dried in the spring, we'll get together again. And that's when we like, we actually shell the corn and, you know, so it takes a whole year to actually, like, be able to get the corn to a point where we can eat it. Um, and, in and within that, like, whole process, like, there's all these, like, lessons to be learned, and that's a way to connect with food. And, you know, so, like, for me to have, like, experience in that space, and then have to come back into, like. You know like transition back into like you know we have to get get things done i have to do paperwork you know like i have to be up early to get to work and all that stuff like it's it's a, it's
0: kind of a mind fuck. yeah yeah i could imagine yeah. and i so first of all that sounds that sounds so cool like the ceremony and yeah yeah something that came up like that i wanted to ask so like, how has that, like, changed your relationship with food, considering that, like you said, it's, like, a whole fucking process mm-hmm. versus being able to, like, call in, like, whatever and go and pick it up? Like, yeah. how has that, like, changed your perspective on, like, the whole, like, yeah, like, the food period? So we see, you know, like,
1: it, it, what it does is it reinforces um, the idea of kinship. And community, and so, like, being connected to food in that way, we oh my god! So, there's like this whole culture, um, centered around corn, and I'm sure there's culture centered around other ancestral foods. And you know, like, I so I've been in community with like other people who are like all about the corn, um, and so we think we like we talk about corn like it's a being, um you know like the other day like I told my son I was like you know the corn needs you as much as you need it and you know so it's you know so it is going back to like you know connecting with the food and bringing people together and you know um you know like we were talking about rest and so it causes us to slow down um and connect with you know, with people and our environment, you know, with mother nature. And so it, it like food nourishes us in so many ways. Um, And actually this past year when we had our husking bee, I was sitting with this college student and that's what, you know, that's what what our conversation was. And she was like, she asked, I don't know. She asked me a question about like, she was like, so you're saying, you know, uh, we're so removed from our food source. Are you talking about like this or like the way that like, you know, we're, we're, you know, how we consume food now, like we don't have, like, we don't touch it as much. And I was like, well, it's all of that, right? Um, and, you know, like that's, I realized like this was a new concept Um, for this person. And this is something that I grew up with. And, you know, so, um, so yeah, so it's just like been interesting to kind of have this dichotomy in my life. Um, You know, because when I went off to college, um, and I was in art school, you know, I I would joke about like my artist diet, because during the week, I would be um, surviving off of coffee and cigarettes. And then once a month we were having art openings and I would just eat like, you know, the fruit and cheese plates and then, and, you know, and and drink some alcohol and that was my life, you know, and like, you you know, you're, you're talking about how like, you don't understand how you graduated like me either (laughs) (laughs) that like the artist life was just like wild. I was like, I don't, this isn't sustainable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's a miracle. Um, So yeah, like listening to your story and thinking just like how different we would approach food, like with so much more respect, if we had Mm -hmm. to, like, if we had to go out and hunt it, if we had Mm -hmm. to do something other than order it on Amazon Prime and pick it up in the parking lot, like just exactly like we're so far removed. The herbivores dilemma is what actually started to bring that to my awareness. And it wasn't until functional fitness, because like I said, when I was younger, like my mom was always like counting her Weight Watchers points. And so right. that I, you know, they never told me to watch what I eat. But they also didn't tell me like, hey, you know, like, this is the importance of, you know, fueling your body. Like, I mean, the food pyramid, which I think, since we've grown up, they've also been like, oops, well, we fucked up on that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> regarding like the proportions and stuff. And so um yeah, just I think that if, and Sonia's in the comments had said that, you know, putting foods in their good or bad categories mm-hmm. was such an ingrained habit for me, like, oh, girl, same. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. a time when I did something called the negative food, cal- the negative calorie diet, where oh my you God. try to eat foods that it took more calories to burn them than it did, like, the, the calories were actually in the food. What the fuck? Was, like, yeah. And so like, I remember it was like broccoli, um, celery, I feel like, which, you know, celery is great for like detox purposes. Like we know that now, but then I was eating it because I was like, let me get skinny. But by the way, I was never, like it never worked. <laughs> the only reason I think I started to eat the only reason, not even I think, was because when I found Functional Fitness and I wanted to perform better, I realized, well, you can't perform off of a salad and some spray butter because God, I used the spray butter. Did you guys- <laughs> I hope you've never experienced that. But actually, no, I wasn't into the spray butter. I'm like, no, nah, I like the stick of butter. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what I was thinking. Sonia, the other night actually made tamales. And so I was watching mm. them make it. And I like as I was watching the process, I was like, damn, like, they yeah. went in on that. And yeah. thinking about like, whenever I make my own food, which I don't do anything as extensive as that, I do enjoy it more because I'm like (laughs) I did this like I worked for it and not that it's a level of pride but it's just again like a level of respect and I think that that Mm -hmm. is something that we take for granted now in our instant you know gratification day and age when we can just pick up something and you know phone it in and like enter it in and like have our calories and track our macros and like do all these things because we like we love the metrics and it's a situation where you know what what's the point and I think that for most of us it is to at the end of the day if at all like we're boiling it down to the basics it is so that we will feel loved and accepted by those around us and so I think that um yeah like that goes into like why we do all these things and why we go to these extremes and just the impact that we have, or the the way that impacts our our body image and like our bodies period, like not just our bodies in terms of like how we think of them and how we feel about our appearance, but how they actually are being respected and taken care of in terms of like deprivation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like we were saying like, well, here's some food, just have a coffee. Like I don't have time (laughs) for you kind of stuff. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. I know I think about like you know all those times I'm like oh it's lunchtime and then my friend would be like oh a cigarette and a coffee I'd be like yes let's go do it and like it's so fucked up, <laughs> so fucked up. yeah <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, well I just drank all the time in college like <laughs> I drank all that the- too yeah and I would go and get like trash breakfast like sonic yeah. like Drive-through like tater tots, like with the, with the fake cheese.
1: Oh god! <laughs> yeah, I remember being in New Mexico, and there was a place that had like these bomb breakfast burritos. And so, like, you know, we're going out and then going to the drive-through to get these like breakfast burritos and green chilies and cheese.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I so so I make like my own. Like, I did like a like mm-hmm. a burrito bowl situation. Like, yes. a day, like a breakfast bowl. So I had like some egg white, that's some avocado, like some rice, like, but those are all good foods. <laughs> mm-hmm. Black beans, there's some salsa, which whatever's happening with the supply chain, my favorite kind of salsa is now out, but that's my own personal disgruntle. <laughs> 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 but then again, then again, like, so we get inconvenienced by that. we well, like, why, grow me some tomatoes and make some. Like, why don't I do it yeah. for myself? And so, yeah. um, yeah just like the convenience and like i said i think how that plays into how we see ourselves and also like our actual level of health that our bodies are experiencing when we don't Mm -hmm. give it what it needs when we give it what we think it should have based on how we want it to look or perform whether that's like boom here's some pre-workout what the fuck is in that boom (laughs) here's yeah like but on time for you like here's a protein shake for lunch And like you said, like, Oh, well, let's have a cigarette and coffee. Like, yeah, these aren't ways to care for something that you love. And like, these aren't ways to care for your body. And so I think that that isn't just a, a physical thing in terms of like aesthetically how it looks, but I think it's how like you feel not just about your body. Mm -hmm. I think we use how we feel about our body as a, as a shield to hide behind because really at the end of the day, we're not confident in who we are and we're not comfortable with ourselves.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, I did share some stats in my um, story today. Um, <clears throat> and I can revisit them here. Um, let's see. BIPOC are significantly less likely than white people to have been asked by a doctor about eating disorder symptoms. Mm. BIPOC with eating disorders are half as likely to be diagnosed or to receive treatment. Black people are less likely to be diagnosed with anorexia than white people but may experience the condition for a longer period of time. Um, Hispanic people are significantly more likely to suffer from bulimia nervosa than their non-Hispanic peers. Asian American college students report higher rates of restriction compared with their white peers and higher rates of purging, muscle building, and cognitive restraint than their white or non-Asian BIPOC peers. And, you know, I mentioned in my stories that, you know, like, you know, of course, eating disorders is um, a direct connection to, you know, body image, poor body image, you know, like body dysmorphia. Um. And, you know, like, I grew up, you know, like I said, like, feeling like this big Indian. Um, and, you know, it's taken me a long time to, like, embrace my body. And even, even now, like, sometimes I still struggle with it. And, you know, like, I know when we first, when we, when we started talking about, like, you know, what we we're going to talk about today, you know, I had shared that recently, um, you know, I had gone on antidepressants and I ended up gaining 30 pounds in the six months that I was on antidepressants. And, you know, I felt like I was trading in my physical health for my mental health. Um, And I was like struggling because, you know, I know, of course, I know, like, to get through that was to accept my body for what it was in that moment. Um, but And it was really hard, you know, like knowing where I'd been, you know, when like doing functional fitness and, you know, like a few years ago, I was at like peak fitness and I've, you know, it's been really hard to get back to that place where I was then. Um, but I've also like, I'm getting older, right? <laughs> my body, like, works differently. Um, And, you know, so... Yeah, I, I, like, really had to just, like, sit with myself and just, you know, be like, this is where I'm at now, and it's okay, you know? Um, You know, you were talking about, like, you know, showing love for our bodies and, like, you know, having that care for our bodies. So, like, what are some things that people can do um, to
0: help with that body acceptance so take it back to the basics is what i say Mm -hmm. like first and foremost so just like we shared um but to to clearly like articulate it you need to take care of yourself on like a baseline level in terms of like what you need to function on a daily basis that means you need a consistent sleep and wake cycle so that your body and brain can do the the functions that it is Supposed to do, and I don't mean like okay. I consistently get five hours of sleep a night. I mean, you need seven to nine. Like, figure out what your magic number is. Maybe sign up for like Whoop for a month or some other like you know sleep tracker. But, but like reset your circadian rhythm, and you know once you start getting nine hours of sleep, my my magic number is nine, and I can tell mm-hmm. the difference. Like I can tell mm-hmm. the difference, and so. Um, it might be something where, you know, you need nine for a couple months and then it like, you know, goes down to seven. Like it's going to ebb and flow. But the better you take care of yourself in one area, like the the less you're going to have to make such an effort in other areas. And so what I mean by that is, let's say like you get your basic sleep down, right? And, like you <laughs> consistent sleep and wake, you're getting like eight hours a night. Let's just cut it down the middle. From there, whenever you are in a space where, you know, you're also then focusing on your nutrition, right? So making sure that you're fueling your body properly, that you're getting enough calories. A lot of people aren't getting enough calories. And like we mentioned, your brain needs 20% of your total calories for like output. And so Mm -hmm. it's a matter of making sure that you're fueling your body appropriately for where you are in life based on, you know, your current, like weight, your current activity levels, your current, um, age and like what you're doing. And, um, when you have that down, it's also a matter of like hydration and like making Mm -hmm. sure that like you've got that right. And so once you've gotten like the basics in terms of that, you also need to be present to moving and making sure that, you know, you're doing something. Movement is the quickest way to show your body that you're in control. And so if there's something where, you know, you're feeling like anxiety or where you are um, feeling like sadness or like lack of motivation, then moving in a way that feels safe to you is going to let your brain know like, oh shit, like we can do this, like it is Mm -hmm. okay. And so I'm not saying like, no, make yourself uncomfortable but I'm saying find a space where you are safe where you can move and you can start to create that relationship with your body where you can create that inner trust so that you'll understand your hunger cues so that you can Mm -hmm. tell like, hey, actually I'm tired and I don't wanna go like to happy hour tonight. I need to get in bed early. And you start to like serve yourself more. And so that's what I'm saying. Like whenever you start to balance it out in each of those areas, you're not going to have to be so like, I need, I need nine hours of sleep a night. You're going to be able to be like, you know what? I've been pretty good with everything. I do want to go out for happy hour tonight. So you're going to be able to, again, like create a better relationship with yourself, which will therefore inherently mean that you have a better relationship with your body and that you just feel more comfortable and confident in how you do Mm -hmm. look because you're more confident in who you are as a person. And so I think a lot of times, like, people are probably like, well, that's not the answer I wanted. Like, I wanted you to tell me to, you know, like do some sit-ups or to like, you know, give me something of this. I want you to do what's going to work in the long run. I don't want to give you a quick fix that's going to Mm band-aid a situation. I want you to take it back to the basics because that's where it all starts. And so whenever you get those things in consistent sleep and wake, reset your circadian rhythms, make sure you're feeling your body properly, whatever that means for you, eating enough calories, Eating the right increments. You want to think about it as putting wood chips on the fire throughout the day to keep it burning, and not throwing a log on it at a time because you know that's all you got time mm-hmm. for. Make time, make time for that process to honor yourself in that way. Again, like the hydration, we're like 70% water, and so like if you're filling that, if you're filling your 70% with Mountain Dew and YooHoo's, is that what it is? YooHoo, is that the chocolate Yes. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the topic. If you're filling your body with and coffee, coffee is not that does not count as water. Like that does not count as much as I would like for it to as well. That is not. Right. And um then yeah, like movement, like that's a part of it too. And I don't want to not mention like doing things for your mental health, whether that mm-hmm. be journaling, whether that be, you know, making sure that you have your sense of community and you talk to your friends on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um meditation, that, do it meditation yes I was gonna say yeah meditation yeah. and also I like to point out meditation is not you sitting there like trying to speak to the Dalai Lama like via like astral projection like you can like that's an advanced level but mm-hmm. meditation can very much be just you you <laughs> taking a walk in nature without your phone
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: or with your phone if it's a safety thing but like you're not looking at it like meditation is the singular focus of something and something that I think is important to mention in terms of meditation. A lot of people get frustrated because they're like, well, I can't sit there and think about nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to sit. You can move like at this point yeah. you know, working out. is like a movie meditation for me. And also mm-hmm. whenever you notice that you aren't able to sit there, like you're doing it right. Like the awareness is what meditation is. That is what mindfulness is. So it's the awareness that like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. Like that is meditating. That means you're doing it. And so it's yeah. not that you can't do it. It's that I think that people have this misconception about what it actually is. Mm-hmm. So those are what my tips are in terms of like feeling better. It's not gonna be like, you know, tell yourself you're beautiful. You can do that. And at the same time, like we said in the very beginning, yeah, your body is gonna be like, bitch, that's not what you said yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like we have not been having that conversation. <laughs> and so you can't lie to yourself in that sense. Like you can, Focus on things that you like about yourself, things that you are confident in. Someone had just asked me, you know, how do I appear more attractive? And I'm like, own what you're confident about. Like energy is our first language before we learned spoken word, before we learned how to like, you know, communicate sounds. Energy is where it was at. And so whether you know it or not, on the subconscious level, like you were, you were talking, like we were talking to each other with our energy, without saying shit. And so- I think that if you want to appear more attractive, if you want to feel better about yourself, something that you can do in that sense, like a little hack, if you will, is to lean into the things that you do feel good about, about yourself and focus more on them. Reticular activating system tells us that when we are more present to something, that that's what we're going to see more of because that's what our brain is primed to focus on. And so prime your brain to focus on things that are going to benefit you. So the things that you like about yourself, not the things that you don't like. I'm not saying ignore them as if, you know, they don't exist. They're very valid for the concerns that you have. But what Mm -hmm. I am saying is if it's a situation where it is becoming this, you know, ruminating thought that is making you shit, then let's spend some time focusing on what we do like and what we do appreciate. And let's get some help in a safe space with someone who's qualified to talk to you about that and help you work through that specifically. That's what I have to say about that. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I remember, like, being in that space, too, and, and uh, I, I know what the fuck I have to do, you know? Like, I know it's, like, getting back to basics. Exactly what you said, like, get sleep, make sure you're hydrating, you know? Move, like, I had to start with, like, doing a five-minute, like, restorative yoga in bed, you know? First, it was, like, when I woke up. And then it turned into, like, when I woke up and before I went to bed, just built from there. Mm-hmm. But, like, before I even, like, took action, I'm, like, I know what I have to do, but, like, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I want to be back where I was, you know? Right. Like You know, pr my my deadlift and, you know, like, you know, my, my nutrition on point. And I'm just, like, feeling, like, I don't know. I think of like I, when I think of it, I think of my body as like this well-oiled machine where I like just feel good moving, yeah. you know, and, and it just everything just like feels good. And, you know, like, you know, I can get up and go for a hike. Um, but, you know, like when it comes to mental health, sometimes like it just makes it hard. Um, and, you know, finding a space to have acceptance, like acknowledge and accept that um that's where like at times it can be hard and to give yourself grace uh for being a
0: human yeah that part yeah and thank you for pointing that out because that's part of it too and that's what i was saying like people probably wanted to hear like oh do this or like do that yeah like, what's the hack? What's the trick? Yeah. And what's the magic pill? But again, that's because you've been conditioned, instant gratification, like you comfy, you won't get yep. to tell you the thing, give you a pill like a fucking doctor. I'm not that kind of a doctor. So, <laughs> so it does seem like, like you said, like these, these things are stupid. Like, you're telling me yeah. to <laughs> sleep and that'll change my life? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. It's normal shit. Normal shit. But <laughs> no, regular again, it's something shit. that. It's something that yeah, we, you didn't get to where you are overnight. And so you're not going to get mm-hmm. to where you want to be overnight either. Yeah. And that is, you know, something that we, again, don't like to see. Like we like the hero's journey where we see someone like rise yeah. from the ashes and like, it seems like their overnight success. And we're all like, well, how did they do it? Well, you didn't see the the years of, you know, effort that they put in behind the scenes. And so I think that, yeah, that's a very important part to note. Like these things seem simple because they are. And yeah. I love what you mentioned about like the bed yoga because yeah. you, know, you did it in the bed. Yeah. I discovered yeah. bed yoga on accident. It's so fun. <laughs> Google, Google bed yoga. It's like literally just like doing stretches in the bed. Like what a way to start your day. Like, real. and if you talk about how to build habits, you know, it's not going to all of a sudden be like we said, this thing where you're like, okay, let me make this new plan. I'm going to do everything differently. Like your brain will be overloaded. Your brain, like, yeah, it can't compute that. It can if it has to, if you're thrown in a situation. And that's why a lot of us don't experience real change in any aspect, whether mm-hmm. it be like you know, with our bodies or like anything else, until we go through something because we have to do it. Like, we're literally forced mm-hmm. to. And it's because, like, we don't like change, we like the familiar. That's what's safe to us on oh, a yeah. level. And so, Whenever you are making these changes, like I said, you can create like the big game plan and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but that's not going to work. I'm going to tell you right here and right now, because what is going to work is going to be what you can do that is going to be sustainable in the long run. And that's going to be boring as fuck. These Mm -hmm. athletes you see on like TV, like they're not they're not doing these crazy like workouts. They're doing the things that they suck at a little bit every day. They're working on the minutia and that's going to be the same way that you experience change as well. Whether that be with body acceptance, whether that be with, you know, just treating your body like it should be treated in terms of, I hate the word like should, but treating your body the way that it needs to be treated. Let's Mm -hmm. say that in terms of, yeah, just like respecting and honoring it for what it can do and not trying to force it into looking like what, society has said that it should look like today because that's going to change tomorrow and Mm -hmm. what you need to do is make sure that you're comfortable in your damn self so it doesn't matter what society says is cool because you are who you are you're treating your body right and you are healthy and you're a strong af not just physically but also mentally and that is when you will like have arrived yes treat the body treat your body like the sacred space that it is yeah 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 okay Away. um
1: I feel like we could talk about this forever but <laughs> we have to stop <laughs> um so I want to give Jana a big uh, which means thank you in English thank for you. bringing your expertise on accepting our beautiful and amazing bodies um do you have any current like promos or like programs
0: or like you know stuff happening with your coaching right now I do actually thank you for asking so (laughs) yes like I said I've been focusing a lot on this like I've been very frustrated in terms of What is the gap for people? Like a lot of people have read a self-help book or two or 500. They've like followed the accounts on social media. They've done all the things and still they haven't seen the changes, right? Like Mm -hmm. whether that be with body acceptance, whether that be with, you know, mental health, whether that be with people pleasing, what the fuck ever. And so what I've done is I spent like all of January, honestly, creating a series uh, when self-help isn't helping. And so it's five reasons why self-help isn't helping. and Mm -hmm. like breaks it down on an evidence-based level, telling you like, hey, this is why the self-help hasn't been helping you and here's what to do instead. And so they're simple things and they're also evidence-based and so effective. And so um, it's specifically to how to create like changes in life, like behavioral changes, and you can apply that to body confidence, you can apply that to setting boundaries, you can apply it to anything. But um, if anyone is interested, it is free because this is some shit that everyone needs to know, and that I wish someone had told me. And so, um, you can go to the link in my bio, or you can send me a DM, or you can head to uh, when self help isn't and you can get it there. All right, and that my last question was like, where can people find you? On the Instagrams. So, yeah, at soul searching and squats. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'll be I'll be there all day. And then you're gonna be visiting me. We're going to be having a talk, um, on my Instagram as well in May. Yes. Yes, In May. Yeah. And
1: we're doing two actually. I feel like we're so far in the future. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yes, I'm excited for that. Me too. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining. Um,
1: and so I just want to do, um, my little quick outro um, that I put my typed up. <laughs> so, um, for some of you, it's your time. Uh, you might be feeling like it's hard to fully love yourself and embrace all parts of you. You might be feeling like you have to hide physical, emotional, and cultural parts of yourself to feel accepted in spaces. And if you're feeling this way, I'm betting that you're fucking tired. <laughs>
0: I know that I was
1: fucking tired when I was feeling that way. Um, during today's show, I learned, um, ways that, you know, we can honor our bodies, um, you know, to accept our bodies. Um, and I think as an indigenous person, that's really important. I know that, like, in my experience, I've had to accept, like, features um, of my own body. Um, And people always telling me when they find out, like, you know, when I say I'm Native American, they're like, oh, I could tell in your cheeks. And for a long time, I didn't know what that meant. And um, it was uncomfortable. (laughs) So I had to, you know, like, really dive into that and embrace my cheekbones. Um, And... um, So I think, you know, like that ties into, um, you know, what we talked about today and, you know, honoring our sacred bodies um, or, you know, and just like being the beautiful beings that we are. Um, And in my coach, my name is Coach Lauren. Um, My company is Good Mind Coaching and I help BIPOC who feel isolated in their identity to become confident, seen, and proud of who they are at work and in life. What makes me so different is that I'm an indigenous life coach and I'm an artist with a background in art therapy. My approach considers that all of us are human beings and have the right to know what the experience of being human is in totality. I also use creative approaches and my knowledge of mental health to create a safe and brave space um, and inclusive space for you to connect with you and grow. Uh, I love watching people grow into more authentic beings. It's fucking awesome to see people step into that space. Uh, So if you're watching this and you're ready to get confident, feel seen, and be proud of who you are, here's what to do next. Right now, we're offering free 15-minute Boldly BIPOC calls to help you be comfortable speaking up in work meetings because you no longer second guess yourself Uh, Trust yourself more and be able to graciously address bullshit microaggressions from team members and stand firm in the non-practice of dominant culture norms. We want to celebrate your culture norms. During our call, we will talk about your identity experience, what it is now, what you want it to be, and what is getting away from here to there. Uh, I will address any questions that you have, and if it feels like we are a good fit, then you pass the board, you move on to the next level, and um, so who wants one of these calls? And um, I'll be posting like the replay, and so you know if anybody has any like questions or comments, um, you know feel free, um, you know you can DM me, um, connect with Jana. Um, I'll be tagging her and if you're ready to book a call with me uh, you can go to the link in my bio and book your call once you book you'll be sent a zoom link and this is I just want you to know this is not a sales call you can't buy anything after the call if we think that we can help you then we can set up uh, the next call to discuss the specifics on how we can help so go to the link in my bio and book your call and Yahweh, once again, for joining us today. You all are beautiful. So be bold, be you, and stay true.
0: Thank you, Donna. Bye, thank you.